10-1 Marlins dub. They go into Fenway and light the Red Sox up. David Sampson on record saying sources. Jazz Chisholm is going to negatively impact this clubhouse and the Marlins are going to start losing games. Guess what? Absolutely the complete opposite. Tons to get into. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, guys, at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, of course, hit subscribe, leave a review. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, guys. I highly recommend it. I don't know why, but I do highly recommend it. The graphics, the graphics package is sexy. And if you are on over there already, you will see... Your eyes are not deceiving you. This hasn't been pre-recorded. It is a Wednesday, but the Marlins vibes are too high. The UK GOAT is back. Sean Barrett, how we doing, brother? Yeah, we recorded all these on Monday. I'd be doing more costume changes than a pop star. I'm good, Pete. I'm not sure what I prefer, the spanking that the Marlins gave Boston or the spanking that David Sampson's currently getting in the media. It's oh. uh, It's been a great day for sure. Fully spanked. Fully spanked David Sampson there. I mean, Jeremy Taché doing his best to call out what is a nonsense from David Sampson. We're going to talk about that shortly, but before we do that, uh, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. More about those guys later on, no doubt. Um, Sean, I think that was like heading into the game yesterday. Um, that was one of the kind of storylines that, that popped out. We didn't actually get into that yesterday. There was just too much from the, the spaces to get into. But, you know, David Sampson out there on the um, the Libertad show and, you know, calling, you know, I'm making things up, seemingly. Sources in the clubhouse. The, you know, guys don't like jazz. He's going to unsettle the clubhouse. Hey, they've they've lost games when he was playing, then they started winning. When he wasn't playing, now he's going to come back and they're going to start losing games. Jeremy Taché, though, calling it out and saying, David, this is a nonsense. He may have sources, but I think his sources are old. He might be correct if it was 2022. I know you listen to that show every day, mate, um, as you do this one. So what was your take on that whole segment? Um, I thought it was a nonsense. Did you? Yeah, I mean, it's a case of at this point he's he's clinging on to relevancy, and he's like a <laughs> he's like a jilted lover. Like he can't keep the Marlins name out of his mouth, um, yeah. and and he wants to hate on everything that 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 happens there. And I think he had that pre-built-in sort of schedule. The schedule's getting a bit harder, so maybe that he could he could work that narrative a bit. But yeah. I'm not having anything of no from him, and I, I don't I don't take anything that he says. Uh, seriously at this point, I don't think I did to be honest, but um, I just just a final note on that, the absolute butchering of Lebertard there from you was uh, was delicious Pete. That was up there with McClanahan territory I would say. <laughs> My man Shane <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it happens to the best of us brother, no doubt, but um, I'm with you on that 
David Samson there, I think, is clutching at straws. I just want to call out and say there are no sources that he's that he's leaning into that are saying that the Jazz is going to unsettle the clubhouse. And then, boy, oh, boy, did the team respond yesterday. 10-1 dub. I got up super early to watch the game. I must say I was a little bit concerned after the first the first hour of the day. Whitlock coming out, blowing it by Lewis Arias. I was like, oh, okay. Whitlock, I see you. Then all of a sudden, the offense took over. Soler and De La Cruz with that two-run bomb, getting it rolling. And uh, the Marlins basically didn't look back at that point. Jazz piling in straight away. Coop piling in. And I'd say that was, you know, Jazz didn't hit a home run. No stolen bases. The 40-40 tracker remains untouched. From earlier in the season. However, the value of Jazz showed up there in exactly that play. Cooper Bloop, a decent, you know, well-hit single, to be honest with you. But Jazz kind of like hesitated and then thought, I'm going. When full gas, he looked dead to rights at home plate. Somehow he sneaks in, the Marlins score their third run, and they basically didn't look back at that point. So great to see the impact that Jazz Chisholm Jr. brings. And it doesn't always show up. But that play for me was one that I was like, that's jazz that pretty much no one else on this roster, you know, as we've seen, they're not running. The lack of aggressiveness on the base pass. But jazz there, full gas. He didn't quite get the read right, but he made up for it with his tools. Marlins end up scoring. That's jazz Chisholm in a nutshell for me, mate. What about you? Absolutely. It is a case of he is that toolsy guy that you know is going to bring it every, every day. I mean, coming back from the turf toe, first game back, we saw what he did in his first game back for, during the rehab. So to see him sprinting around and, and diving in and, and putting his body on the line to just, you know, to go that extra base, that that energy is going to be huge. I think maybe he's come back into that clubhouse, realised that the team have got this energy, they've got this enthusiasm. He's like, I've got to match that. I've got to, you know, I've got to, I've got to work my way up to that level and push it further. So I think, yeah, I think it is fantastic to have him back in the clubhouse would you rather have Jazz in the clubhouse or Hampson? I know what the answer is for me, that's for sure. No money in a baby. Um, so just see him come back and and be at 100%. It, that's the main thing. The results to me, first game back, first series back, first couple of weeks back, I'm not too concerned by it. going to take him a little bit of time to, to get up and ready and going, although he looked fantastic yesterday, obviously. Um, but for me, just having him back in the lineup, having that energy, having those tools, that speed, that's something specifically that the Marlins have struggled with for the first half of the season. Yeah, they really have. It's been just so mundane on the basis, to be honest with you. And uh, I think I think Brian De La Cruz was caught stealing as well yesterday. And he was caught out by a mile. But the catcher, gun of an arm, by the way. But equally in yesterday's game, Jacob Stallings gunned someone down as well, um, which has been a rare sighting. So even Stallings delivering there, which is great to see. Um, let's not spend any time. I mean, I've, I've gone from slow on the bases to Stallings gunning out guys. He covers every base there, literally Stallings. Like it's, it is what it is. But I think he even had a hit as well yesterday. So like everyone had a hit. It was that kind of game though, mate. And um, you know, Lewis Arias continues with a multi-hit day. But when we look and go, hey, Arias had a multi-hit day, but there was three guys on the day that had more hits than him. That just shows just how lively the offense was. But, you know, we've already talked about Jazz. For Gene Segura, 
to drop back in the lineup. I don't know how hurt he was. I don't know if it was a phantom. I don't know what it was. If it was just a, if it was a mind clearer, it could have been for him to turn up and deliver that bomb. I think is a huge boost for Gene Segura. And this could be the turning moment. It could truly be the turning moment. And the funny thing with that bomb, when he hits it, he's not on one knee. There's too much Gene Segura on one knee trying to play the slog sweep. And, you know, Gene, stand up and deliver, brother. And he, boy, oh, boy, he delivered an absolute bomb there. So, you know, if all of a sudden the Marlins can get career average Gene Segura, like, back, it's going to be a huge boost to this offense, mate. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like a deadline acquisition, isn't it? It's is yeah. a case of that's how poor Segura has been so far. And, and right now, first game back, knowing that his job, role, position in the in the in the lineup is mm-hmm. is at jeopardy. He's got to perform or he's gonna be parked on the bench and depending on how it goes, it could get even worse for him. So yeah, I think he's gonna play with um, a bit of fire in his belly. You know, that, that pressure is on him and hopefully he performs. But if, if he crumbles under that pressure or if he can't make that adjustment and make that improvement going forward, then yeah, the Marlins are obviously already sort of playing their hand as far as at least what we heard from Mish, what's going to occur in the next couple of weeks or months. Yeah, no doubt. Like the, the leash, if Mish is saying he's got a month, then, then he's been told that they will make the call. Not to DFA him, but to just change the role. And so, yeah, Gene Segura will know that. And he'll be looking to impress. And, you know, it can't get more impressive than a bomb, you know, three rows up on the monster. So, fair play to Mean Gene. One guy that is struggling that we need to get into is Jesus Sanchez. He's the only guy that was hitless yesterday of the starters anyway. And it was a pretty bleak day for for, uh, Jesus Sanchez. Also, not in the lineup today. So, we're going to talk about that very, very shortly. But... Before we do that, it's our good friends at Game Time. And the sexy new graphics as well of Game Time. Love to see that. And guys, if you are buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be a stressful experience. It shouldn't. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, theater, comedy, and more if there is more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. All you have to do is download the game time app. Pretty simple. Then you create an account and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. That gets you 20 bucks off your first purchase. So, so simple. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. If I had John Jay here right now, I'd slap him on the chest after that delivery. But anyway, he isn't here. Still love that. Um, Sean, it's been a rough stretch for Jesus Sanchez. He's out of the lineup today. We spoke about it, and for those, the everydayers that are listening, we'll hear, we spoke about this maybe yesterday, maybe Monday. I'm losing track of the days now. But we spoke about Jonathan Davis remains on the roster. Garrett Hampson was obviously options. Was that going to mean that you then see some Jonathan Davis in the corners? Um, two days in, two games in, we have the answer. Struggling Jesus Sanchez, 
to the bench. And you've got Jonathan Davis, who's been what's seemingly been a critical part of this Marlins team, playing in right field. The Marlins, they zig when everyone zags. Everyone wants power in the corner spots, both infield and outfield. And the Marlins, they have no power in either of those positions. But it doesn't matter. They're 12 games over 500. And right now, I will not question a thing. Jonathan Davis in right field. But let's start with Jesus Sanchez. Rough stretch. I would say the one difference that I've seen is the opposite field stuff has kind of gone away. Early in the year, he was leaning into opposite field. Seems to have gone away. I do wonder if we're kind of back in that same situation here with Jesus Sanchez where he's been fined out, struggling to make adjustments. What about you? Yeah, that's clearly what it is. There's been an adjustment made. If he, you know, he was everything was opposite field, then they're going to pitch against that. And yeah, I mean, the day off today is is much needed. I mean, the hitless when everybody's hitting three strikeouts, um, bases loaded for one of them, for the final out, and uh, men on the corners, final out, strikeout. Uh, yeah, he needs he needs that day off. Um, yeah. And how's his hamstring? Is the question I've got. Yeah. It, is, it is a case of he's he's due an adjustment and and it needs to come and hopefully it does soon. Um, but it is you know he is very streaky and it is the streakiness comes off those adjustments. Like when he's when he's right, he looks good. Um, but to be a consistent major league baseball player, you need to keep those streaks shorter, especially when it comes to adjustments. And obviously we know he can't, you know, he's going to be in a platoon as well. So he's, he is very much playing for, for his career over the next sort of six months, 18 months. As far as I'm concerned, you know, the team, the team right now can't afford to carry anybody. Um, And we've seen what they're looking at doing with, with Segura. They've already done it with, Garcia and, and hopefully Jesus Sanchez can make that adjustment and not be another casualty. But it, it would mean there's another hole in that 25-man roster that Kim's going to have to fill. This is this is it. It's like you you kind of need Jesus Sanchez to be good. To be honest, like they need him to be good. If this team is like legit, legit, then Jesus Sanchez. That right field spot needs to be productive, fully productive. And if it isn't, that's a big, big problem for this club. And I know we've had like the shot in the arm where Jazz is back. You plumb Jazz in into the middle of the uh, the lineup, the order. And, you know, what was the center field spot was hitting nine. Center field is now hitting four and very productive at that. So, you know, it's kind of like balancing out. And it's hard to kind of really, you know, tear a strip off anyone after a 10-1 dub on the road. But at the same time, like, it's trying to keep piecing things together as, you know, to make sure this team continues the momentum because the momentum is there now. But I'm kind of concerned again about Jesus Sanchez. Um, It's just been the regular cycle with him. Comes up, performs, teams adjust. He can't then adjust backwards. So it's a watching brief. I must say, I've, I feel like Brand Brown has done a real nice job with all the hitters this year in the main. And so I'm intrigued to see how it plays out for Jesus Sanchez. Could just be a slump. I don't know. But we're on the road in Boston. We're on the road in Atlanta. It's not the optimal time for a slump for one of the big lefty power sticks. And since he hit a home run like you know 10 days ago, whatever it was, 
He's basically hitless. And Jonathan Davis is now playing right field. And that feels kind of wild that Jonathan Davis is playing right field for a team 12 games over 500 at this point, to be honest. That isn't a knock on Jonathan Davis. He's been one of my favorite players of this year. But wait to see. Talk to me about Sandy Alcantara, mate, because after that second inning blow up, he somehow found it again. And I, I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet from Kyle Selaf today. Maybe it was post-game yesterday, saying that Sandy somehow he found something after that second inning in his last start. And it's like everything's corrected. You know, and now he's not what he used, seven innings, an earned run. Like yesterday was vintage Sandy. It was 2022 Sandy. It looked just like him. Even after the game, mate, I haven't seen Sandy smiling post-game all year. He's back, baby. He's back. And if he is back and he can continue this, just how big this is for the Marlins, not just for the rest of the year, but also heading into Atlanta for what I think is a showdown popcorn series, mate. It's going to be a head of a series, isn't it? It really is. It's going to be huge for the team. We've just spent the last two days talking about the issues that the, the team are going to have in the rotation for the rest of the year and how they need this arm and that arm. And yeah. if, if Sandy's back, that's a really exciting sort of circumstance. And, and yeah, I think it's a case of right now, we, we've we been quite negative so far today. This should be a really happy occasion. It should know, be. What are we we're, doing? We're, go, we're going into what we're being told is going to be a hard stretch of the schedule. And they've absolutely spanked the, the Red Sox at home. Um, Sandy's back. Jazz is back. This is this is time to eat. I mean, twelve games under five hundred. Th- there's no reason why they can't maintain or push f- further up. Mate, the wild thing right now is we're pretty much at halfway. I think we might actually be at halfway. I need to check the record. We played around eighty games, and maybe eighty-one, maybe eighty-two. The Marlins play five hundred ball from this point on. They're in the postseason. There's no doubt about it. 500 ball is enough at this point. It really is. And the way this team is playing, there's no reason why they can't continue at this pace. 500. It will come down to injuries. Can they stay healthy? Because all of a sudden, if Soler is is out and a ton of other guys, a bit like last year, you know, it can snowball in the wrong way. But if, if the health's there and they're navigating injuries, they've had to navigate it all year. They've navigated much better than last year. Um, but if the health's there, 500 ball gets you in at this point, in my opinion. The Mets are cooked. Loads of the central teams are cooked. You know, the Padres have gone backwards. All of a sudden, you're looking around going, there's three wildcard spots, but maybe there's only five legitimate teams going for them now. We'll wait to see on that. But, you know, if Sandy's back, and that Sunday game, mate, I think it is Sunday's queued up. Sandy, Spencer Strider, UK-friendly, could be a rubber match. Who knows? I mean, Yuri Perez, I believe, I think is scheduled to go on Friday. Losing track of days here a touch. Maybe it's Saturday for, for Yuri Perez. But, I mean, what a series we are coming up there. That Braves-Marlin series is probably the biggest series they've played since the 2020 um, Divisional Series, to be honest. So, we got the Luis Arias thing. we got the Ronald Acuna thing, the MVP stuff. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be absolutely in. Sane. I said on Twitter earlier as well, imagine if Luis Arias leads off that game, game one with a home run. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Let's talk about Joey Wendell as well, mate, because I think it's unfair not to talk about Wendell because 
yesterday, four-hit game for Wendell. And, you know, we're in this position where he's got an expiring deal. The Marlins traded for him. It's been an up-and-down period for Wendell with the Marlins in his, you know, Marlins career. I felt like at one point it didn't look like he was, like, fully bought in. I don't know why. But for me, and I said this to you before we hit record here, that Marlins clubhouse clip from yesterday was really, really intriguing to me, where Joey Wendell is like the MC in the clubhouse giving out player of the game. So I just do wonder how big of an influence, how big of a, a personality Joey Wendell is in this clubhouse. And not just off the field, on the field, mate. Since he's been back, he is back, mate. The defense has been there. The stick is there. The contract is expiring. Should the Marlins look to do something here? I mean, at a low cost. I mean, it would be it would be silly not to at this point. I mean, I know that it's it's been up and down, but he's he's hitting well in June, and you don't you don't extend a guy on on a couple of games in one month. But uh, is the, the, the yeah, the wider look of it is he's he's currently just there or thereabouts, 100 WRC plus. He plays good shortstop defense. I personally like the no batting gloves approach. Um, I think it's, I knew you would. it's aesthetically nice to me. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it is a case of if it's if they can get a low cost extension from Wendell, like what would be the options? I mean, obviously, they've got a Maya down in AAA, but. We spoke all the time about in the off season about Groshans and like yes, Groshans might be good, but we don't know. And so far this year, he's looked really bad in the minors. So yeah. you, you can project these younger guys, and you can say, oh well, we'll give him four hundred and fifty at bats and see what happens. But can you really do that? You need an established guy in Wendell on a, on a low number, a short year, you know, one year with a, a second team option, something like that, a small level deal. So you know that you've got a a grizzled Major League Baseball veteran man in a, a key position. Um, it's it's certainly a conversation to be had. Yeah, it is. I'm, I don't know how it'll play out. I don't know what Wendell is personally thinking, like what kind of contract is in his mind. Like he's had a bit of a weird career in many ways. So like I don't know – like. He's clearly not going to get like the Dansby Swanson and Frankie Lindor treatment. Like, we're not talking about that. You know, maybe it's a multi year deal, you know, similar to what he's been earning right now. I don't know. It's interesting, but I, I just do wonder how big of a, a, a PC actually is. And to the naked eye from the fan sitting afar, maybe it's not easy to, to see that. But all of a sudden, you see him standing up there giving out player of the game, and you're thinking, hmm, clubhouse is vibing. How big of a role is Joey Wendell playing in that? Four-hit day yesterday. Uh, one sketchy fielding moment as well where he misfielded one. I think Gene Segura dove in front of him. He ends up kicking it over to the third base, you know, foul, past the foul line. So, But overall, the defense has been fine. Just another side note, just talking about Defense, poor defense. Not for the Marlins, though. No more Marlins slander on this part. Tristan Casas yesterday. It's the first time I've watched Casas. And he was a bit of a, an off-season darling, I would say, for us Marlins fans. Or, you know, because we're thinking about the first base position, the future of that. Casas was absolutely turgid at first base yesterday. I think there was like three, four 
catchable balls, fumbles, you name it, and Casas botched them. So, you know, going back to your point around like Groshans and guys like where you can project stuff, everyone's projecting Casas, but we haven't seen it. And that's and the Marlins aren't playing that game anymore. They they've shown to me, and we spoke about this yesterday, mate. The Marlins' approach is completely different now. There is no throw a prospect up there and see what happens. It's we're going to get some vets and we're going to plumb them in because we know what we're going to get. And me personally, I'm loving the change, no doubt. Um, Braxton Garrett going this evening, mate. I mean, Braxton Garrett right now is on a tear of all tears like he's never had. And I do wonder if Braxton Garrett twirls an absolute gem, 10 plus Ks in six innings, whether he just says, I'm an all-star and just... He just has to be an all-star at that point. If he goes six scoreless with 10 Ks on the road against the Red Sox, you just go, you're in, brother. I mean, it, it, the win for us is bigger. If the Marlins win the game, absolutely. But Braxton Garrett should absolutely be in the conversation. He absolutely should. He deserves to be an all-star this year, to be honest with you, mate. And it'd be one of the biggest surprises of all time, going back to like 2020, looking at Braxton Garrett and thinking what the Marlins have been able to accomplish with him. So interesting start for him. The Marlins could win a series on the road here in Boston. Braxton Garrett could secure an all-star spot as well. Plenty going on here, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it is a case of he's been he's been lights out recently. I've just looked at his game logs, and it's a case of five, 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 six, six. You know, it's it's a case of yeah. nine games with at least five innings. He's he's really been a. I know that doesn't sound like a lot when you're used to Sandy, but for for a guy that had limited expectations going into the season, being that workhorse, being that guy that you you know is not going to tax the bullpen, and, and again looking at his numbers, I mean, it is a case of he's almost been a little bit unlucky. Like the home run to fly ratio is is inflated, the BABIP is inflated. There's there's an opportunity where those numbers could be going further and further down, and and yeah, I mean, he won't actually be an all star because <laughs> not many people have even heard his name, and if he has a good season, but no. he his numbers just, I mean, the K per nine, the walk per nine, they 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 look phenomenal. Um, and right now, yeah, it is a case of the Marlins need the Marlins need this. Like the the positive, we can continue to have all this positivity, but the Marlins are reliant on Garrett keeping this up at this point. Yeah, um, it, we're past that stage where we are where where I am with hoeing of that sense of you keep just taking whatever you get from him. If you get a good game from him, then you chalk it up as another good game. Marlins need Garrett to keep putting up games like this if they are to, to remain in, in contention. This is it. Like, we're now in a different phase of our Marlins fandom with Braxton Garrett, where you're right, Brian Hoeing is how we felt about Brax last year, probably, when he started to perform. We're like, oh, okay, Brax, he's kind of having a good run. We should trade him. Now, we should sell high on Braxton Garrett. That's kind of where we were at last year. Like, is this real? We're now like a year on of Braxton Garrett, and now we're going, holy smokes, this actually is real. You know, every game counts, so it, it doesn't really matter, and this is kind of irrelevant, but you take out the 11 earned runs or whatever it was against the Bravos, and you've got like nigh on a, a, a two ERA guy for the year, lefty guy throwing 
86 or whatever he's throwing, I don't know, with Brax. So, you know, it's just incredible what he's doing, to be honest, and how the Marlins have managed to create this guy. And, you know, I'm pretty sure on a podcast, it may not have been locked on. It may have been a previous iteration of podcasting, but we'd have been talking about Braxy could or should be DFA'd at some sort of stage where we've got a roster crunch. It's a, an amazing ascent. Amazing ascent. And listen, if the Marlins can claim this series this evening, win another series on the road with the Red Sox against like an offense that has been scorching, you know, the team's been playing well in general. I mean, that AL East is brutal, but that would be, I think, a huge statement for this club rolling into Atlanta for what is their biggest series of the year. We can't get away from that. It's going to be the biggest series of the year. I heard Cal Seelaf talking about it, though, as well, saying um, on his Sunday fireside chats on Twitter. So shout out to Kyle for doing those. I think it's a really great idea. But someone asked about the Braves, and Kyle just said, listen, don't worry about the Braves. The Braves are too good. Don't worry about them. We're not competing with the Braves. In some ways, I understand that mentality. But listen, Marlins rolling into Atlanta, mate. We want to win that series bad, right? Yeah, with with all the the excitement and enthusiasm that the team have got right now, it would be great to go and get in that game. And I'm I'm very conservative, as I'm sure you've you've gotten used to. But yeah, a win to, a win tonight against the Red Sox, win that series. You know you can go into that Braves three game series, pick up one game, and you've done that road trip, that tough road trip yep. at five hundred. 500 ball, baby. And at, the, at, this, at this point, it's crazy as a Marlins fan to be saying that's kind of like the bare minimum of, of, of my expectations, the way the team are playing right now. There we go. Sean, tell me, you've been a fan a long time. Where, where are you on the, the positivity scale at this point? Like, have you? when did you last see this? When did you last feel this as a Marlins fan to be... You know, you're effectively now saying this team's 12 over and my expectations are 500 ball here on out. That says to me, they're a 90-plus win team in your mind at this point. Yeah, they're, they're a high 80-win team for me. I mean, as far as last time I felt like this, I mean, the, the, the final couple of series in the 2020 year, were yeah. were amazing, but amazing. obviously there was there was all this drama of oh it's a shortened season and we were going through a pandemic so it was difficult to get too excited. Um, before that, I mean it's not since Jose Fernandez was on the mound. I mean you're looking at 2016. Last time I felt this way, they 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 were fantastic halfway about well, basically up till now, and then it sort of fell away, and then that was the year Jose died. So that that was the last time that I really did feel some some positivity. So it's been a while, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I makes sense. Twenty twenty was amazing, shortened season. They just got themselves on a roll that year, and that's the funny thing about baseball. Like you look back to last year, the Mets, they just got themselves on a roll early doors. Everything was vibing. They were absolutely loving it, and it's so funny how you you know it just turns. Next thing is they're not on a roll. They're losing games. They don't know why. Last year, I mean, I'm sorry, no, in 2021, coming off the 2020 season, I think the Marlins thought they were going to be good too. I thought they, you know, they were going to back it up. Disaster. The vibes were not the same. You just, you know, you get in a rut. This year, things are different. And listen, post All Star break, pretty much, 
it's almost 60 game sprint territory. And they're already four, five games up in, you know, in the wildcard hunt. The division, I don't think, is, is in reach because the Bravos, I think, are by far the class. They are absolutely immense. I do wonder, though, about the Bravos if they have a bit of a Dodgers situation where they absolutely obliterate the regular season. Postseason comes along and all of a sudden, a wobble or two, next thing is you go, oh, my days, the Braves, 110-win Braves, bounced out the playoffs against the Marlins and wouldn't that be absolutely glorious? But, you know... It is going to be the, the, the Marlins have done the hard work. That's the point I'm making is they've done all the hard work. They're going to get to the all-star break in a really good spot. And if they have that mentality of like pretty much 60 game sprint vibes and keep it rolling, this team is in there. They're making the postseason this team because everything's just aligned for them. And that's just the way baseball goes sometimes, mate, where just some teams catch fire, lightning in a bottle. 2020 was the same for the fish. It didn't matter who played. And I can't even remember who did. But they pieced it together and they got the dubs. And in some ways, this team's miles better, by the way. Like, there's so much more talent in the 2023 Marlins. But there's lightning in a bottle with talent. That says to me, this team is onto something. Final thoughts from you, mate, before we get out of here? Uh, just that the, the next couple of series, they're, they're going to be big for the team. Like, we've got... This is a tough stretch. It is a case of this this, this clubhouse vibe, this this enthusiasm that they've got. That, that we need to ride this wave for as long as we can. Um, and, and, and as I said, as a Marlins fan that, that's been here and, and seen multiple, well, <laughs> double-digit 90, 100-loss seasons, yeah. um, these don't roll around very often. And, and it's got me it's got me very happy, even though you might, you might not necessarily see it on my face sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... You're completely right. Red Sox, to me, look like a banana skin, you know, heading into it. And I have to be honest, like, the last big banana skin series was the Blue Jays. They blew them up in game one, and then it went poorly, and they ended up losing the series. So let's wait to see, like, are we going to get a familiar path where blow the back doors off, come down to earth a touch? If they do manage to win this series and come back with 500 ball, played on the road trip against two tough teams, then... They've got the cards and Phillies to wrap it up before the All-Star break. You know, can you handle your business against both those teams, which are both vulnerable, in my opinion, um, in different ways? You know, who knows whether this this team could be 14 games over 500 at the All-Star break. That's not out of the realm at this point, which is absolutely wild. But they've got to keep riding it, brother. They've got to keep riding it. Let's call it a day there, 35 minutes of... High octane coverage after the a 10 1 dub, but there was a few negative pieces in there too. But we're not trying to nitpick. But overall, Sandy mate for me is back. Jesus Sanchez needs to kind of go back to the drawing board, I think. Gene Segura, huge moment for him. Jazz straight back in the mix, not trying to do too much, but his tools flashed and played, which is great to see. Joey Wendell, I think, is a bigger part of this puzzle than even I imagined. So, you know, let's see what happens to Joey Wendell. Overall, mate, win this series in Boston, and it sets up to be a huge bonanza in Atlanta over the weekend, which should be absolutely glorious. Thank you to the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, for joining me three days on the spin after we saw each other face-to-face, two days on the spin. That is five days in a row me and Sean have been in each other's company. Um, Sean will be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, <laughs> he, does, he doesn't know it yet, but he will be. Um, 
But guys, thanks for making Lockdown Manager first listen of the day. Um, let's hope they continue, they continue the momentum, get this series done with a big Braxy twirler, and then we'll be back tomorrow to dig into that. And we'll see you then.